Hello, this is Brandon Marshall, and this is a Sorry I Offended You podcast. Do you ever have to update software, or you ever make that decision to update software and then you regret that decision? Because that's just what happened before jumping on this podcast. I was ready, I had my ideas, and then I was like, you know what, it would be nice to update this. It would be nice. Thank you for asking. I'll update this software. And then it updates, and then it's like, it takes a while, quite longer than I wanted to, quite longer than you would expect in the year of 2021. You know, I feel like the days of waiting is from the 90s. But like, I do this, and then the icon for my program, Vegas, I'm this is not... I am not trying to defame Vegas. It's actually my fav- favorite editing software. It's something that I used as a teenager. Um, to this day, well, not to this day. I took a hiatus. I was a Mac person. Now um, um, I got a Windows machine, so it's bringing some nostalgia f- for me. Nostalgia for me, and it's great. It's great. <laughs> Other than the update. So most, I'm actually praising it, it's great, but the update, I didn't need the update. What the fuck did the update do? What did it do? What am am I recording differently right now because there's an update? Was there a purpose? Do I even know what was in the update? Did I have a problem with the program before? No. But when I chose to update this, it had me re-enter my serial number and... Then it took off my icon from where the start button is or whatever you call it these days. There used to be a start button, but now on these Windows machines, you, you got like icons. I guess it's a start taskbar or whatever the fuck. Um, and it just took it away. So then I had to search where the fuck is my program? <laughs> where is it? And I found it and now I'm here. And all for what though? You know what I mean? What was the payoff? To this decision. And that is a great segue into what I'm talking about today about the vaccination. Is that is that censoring it enough? I don't know. This I mean, this podcast goes to so many different platforms. It saying the word probably gets me banned from at least five of them. Um, but you know, it's like, what did it bring me? What and that's what you have to ask yourself before any decision in life. It's like, what is the downside of this decision, and what's the upside? And for me, when I decided to download a patch for this program, the downside was waiting longer to record my podcast, and the upside was absolutely fucking nothing. Nothing. I have nothing to show for the, the update that I downloaded. Nothing. I can't tell you the features I got. I, didn't, I don't even know if I got any features. They probably just... Uh, downloaded some software to spy on what I'm saying in my room. So anyway, um, today is brought to you by La Lacroix, La Croix. Rebecca, was it called La Croix? La Croix. La Croix sounds right. It sounds better than La Croix. Um, we're going to open this right here. It's not a cold beer. Um, This is what, what it is when you're like 34 years old. 
at 8 p.m. at night. You don't open a can of beer, you open a can of La Croix. Yeah, I guess I'm an adult. But adults don't say the shit I do on podcasts, I don't think. Here's the thing about LaCroix, though. I'm not a fan of it. When people people joke about it tasting like, you know, I got the 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 um watermelon. They they say it tastes like watermelon burp, for instance. And it it that's that's accurate. When I drink this, I don't feel like I get any big dick energy. Um, you know, I don't feel confident like I'm going to conquer the world because I drank a La Croix. I don't feel bad about it, though. Like, I don't feel embarrassed. I don't feel like it's tarnishing my health. I don't, I hope it's not. Let me know. You know, let me know in the review section. I don't know. I don't have a comment section in the podcast. But let me know if LaCroix is like, if there's some dangers that I don't know about. Because that's all, that's my whole life. You know, I, I get something that I'm, I'm injecting into myself. And then I realize it wasn't the way that it was advertised. I'm very good with the metaphors today. This is happening naturally. I did not have this as a script. Um, but it's like a mild watermelon taste. I probably like water better, but this has a nice fizz to it, and it's cold, right? It's like something I can grab from the fridge, um, you know, so it's cool. It's like a refreshing nothingness that you put into, you you inject. I don't think it's bad. It's probably not that great either. It's probably just neutral. But anyway, let me know. LaCroix. This episode is brought to you by LaCroix. Please use discount code. I'm fucking drinking watermelon burps in the on the website, and then you will get 50% off on your next pack of LaCroix. Can I get sued for saying that? Is LaCroix going to sue me? I hope not. I, I've had enough people claim they're going to sue me this year. And by enough people, it was one person, but one person is always enough for people claiming that they're going to sue you. But, you know, I think I think the person that was trying to sue me had other things going on in their life and they forgot about me. So that's actually pretty good. You know, it's a pretty good deal. But anyway, what else? Yeah, so we're talking about... Six, seven minutes in, let's get to the topic at hand here. Um, the rambling is the rambling in the beginning of the podcast is to keep the real ones around, right? You know, the fake ones, they're not going to... If you're a fake one, you're not here anymore because you got tired of the LaCroix talk and the software talk. Katie! All right, so I might have edited that out, maybe, if I decided to at the editing process of this podcast. Um, so my dog likes to bark every time that I'm doing something that would not be convenient for her to bark. So anyway, today, as the title says, we're talking about the, you know, why I'm openly, why I'm open about my vaccination status. I don't think I can get banned for saying that because, you know, me saying that I'm open about my vaccination status could mean like 
I th- I think that you should get 15 boosters, build back better, and um, you know, vaccinate. Science has done it again. <laughs> you know, so it could be a positive message. You know, the the big pharma can't can't tell. They can't tell sarcasm. The algorithms can't tell sarcasm yet. And that's my viewpoint. I'm not allowing censorship to scare me away from social media. I see that as an opportunity to manipulate the algorithm to my advantage through sarcasm and fuckery. I'm going to ride this till the wheels fall off. I'm not someone who runs and hides. I'm not going to run and hide and and give up. No, I'm going to utilize this algorithm to my advantage. So anyway, to the point, um, if we ever get there, I'm open about my status. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, you know, there is this one way of thinking of like, I don't understand why people are so, you know, people share their, it's not no one's business and blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, that's that's great. I agree with that. I agree that is no one's fucking business. But somebody made it their fucking business. And if they're going to make it their business, I'm going to advertise how unruly and horrible I am when it comes to stepping in line in the mainstream ways. I'm going to advertise it. I'm going to joke about it. I'm going to piss people off. And I'm going to normalize it. As many people as I can reach, I'm going to normalize joking about not doing it. <laughs> as if it's funny. No, but let me get serious here. Um, that's kind of, but it's not like that surface leveled. Um, the reason is because, you know, I from experiences I see with people close to me, clients, um, friends, peers, whatever. So many people are dealing with the peer pressure from parents, um, friends, social circles, the media itself, the corporate media. Um, And people are risking losing everything. People's back are against the wall. What's going on right now is so unethical. And currently, it just hit closer to home. I'm not in D.C. anymore, but in D.C. they announced that they're going to have a mandate. Um, Not mandate as in like men going on a date in DuPont Circle, but like mandate as in the shot mandate. I don't, why do I have to use a metaphor for mandate every fucking podcast? Like people are, I mean, I guess it can be like a joke that we rejoin and remix every time. I guess it doesn't have to get stale. Um, but anyway, the mandate is going to be in DC. And honestly, when I heard that news, I was laying down last night when I first heard of the news and I had a lot of anger so to say not an uncontrollable anger but like you know that fuck you that that fuck you vibe like 
All right, I'm punching in one last time. I hate punching in. I like doing it one take. Katie was barking like a maniac, and I had to bring her in here. So you're now here with Brandon and the Katie show, but Katie doesn't have any podcast rights. She's not allowed to let her views be heard on this podcast. She's just the she's just a space holder here. <laughs> there's no Katie. There's no dog barking. No Katie. She had I think she got some dog barking in early on. So it's not like I'm that unfair. But anyway, the mandates I I was laying down last night and I had a bit of anger and this is why. Not an uncontrollable anger, not you know, I was actually midway writing a post, but it was like, no, nah, this isn't fully formed out and honestly it's probably best I do a podcast on it. So here's the thing that really pisses me off about this current situation. Katie, stop. <laughs> you don't I don't need your grumbling, Katie. I don't even know if you heard that, but um here's the thing that pisses me off. For the past five years now, whenever Trump got into office, um at the end of 2016, uh, beginning of 2017, whatever. I remember as soon as he was inaugurated, it was fucking hellfire on social media. Fucking hellfire. Like people were outraged. Like the world was ending. And, you know, even hearing other stories about like people were, were in masterminds or programs and then the whole program turned into a fuck Trump party. Um, and throughout, through and through, I was always a libertarian actually by the, you know, at the time when that election happened, I probably disliked Hillary more, but I was like, eh, fuck this election. Right. You know, fuck it. And that, that's kind of how I carried it most of my life, you know, with, with Obama and Romney, I'm like, he's, it's the same guy. Like they're the same person. <laughs> What? So anyway, um, so that happened. And then it just became like this whole fucking, uh, this whole fucking thing, the vendetta. It's like this whole fucking vendetta against white men. Like, I just remember that shit. And at first I was like, eh, you know, like, this is fucking stupid. Like, why are, you know, people are unhinged. And then partway through that term, um, I had a woke moment of myself where it's like, you know what? They, there's some points here. It's, you know, men can do better and all that stuff. And, 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 you know, like I was, I had woke moment. Part of it's embarrassing, but part of it is like, you know, I was standing up for issues that are important, but I didn't realize how superficial it was. I didn't realize how hypocritical and superficial were the people delivering the message and carrying the message and how intolerant, um, you know, the left has become. So my point here is, is I've seen it all. Like, it just seemed like ever so often on social media, there was a wave of outrage. You know, it was the kids in cages. It was a Kavanaugh case. The Kavanaugh case is something that I played a part in. Um, on social media. I was one of the outraged people. Um, and I wrote some powerful posts, I, I believe, that were from the heart defending women, but at the same time, 
you know, like looking deeper as it, it was a political tool and basically the powers that be were using people as useful idiots, there's also an embarrassment of being part of that. And there's also an embarrassment for, um, I nearly burnt a bridge with a, a friend and a mentor. You know, that was embarrassing. I spent time being outraged on the fucking internet. That was embarrassing. And it's also embarrassing that three months later, I get quote unquote canceled and everybody that I thought that was in my fucking corner turned on me on a blink of an eye because of a collaboration I decided to do with because I thought that collaboration would bring two different minds together. And maybe we can have a constructive conversation. The conversation got messy. I didn't change my views. I didn't wrong think. The only thing that I did to violate the woke rules was that I wasn't hard on the person enough on that live stream. And I didn't yell at her. And I didn't cancel her. And I didn't tell her that she, you know, she shouldn't have an opinion and she's horrible or whatever. Because I was too nice to her. And then I was given an ultimatum to show up on a podcast that Sunday or I'm done or whatever the fuck. And it's like, really, you're going to threaten me to come on a podcast so you can just like you can just basically shove your opinion down my throat. Meanwhile, I feel betrayed by the people that I trusted. Right. Or a portion of my audience that I trusted and I thought had my back. And I, you know, I thought. You know, we had each other's back. And plus, football was on. <laughs> it was a playoff game. Like, what? You're going to have me come on your podcast at 1 p.m. and you're going to demand it or you're going to call me out anyway? The fuck? So anyway, that happened. That was kind of like my first exit of wokeness, but it came in waves. I've also had friends and potential mentors at... Luckily, I never hired the motherfucker um, that, you know, I felt like was woke on some social views. And it's like, you know what? This guy is grounded and blah, blah, blah. Um, And I just remember as the year went by, this is 2019. So things haven't blown up with the pandemic yet. Um, As the year went by, I just felt this dark energy and this heavy energy. Um... And at some point, things got passive aggressive. I think he got upset because I made jokes about vegans. Now, look, I don't give a, I don't have a problem with fucking vegans. <laughs> I just have a problem with vegans being militant and fucking like getting, you know, just like having this moral high ground. And something else that that was that kind of brought me to joking about vegans, making them the butt of my jokes, um, was I remember I just saw this YouTuber. I didn't know who she was. She was YouTube famous or whatever, and she was a vegan blogger or some shit. And if you know her, you probably know the story. If you don't, then you don't or whatever. But she made the personal choice to start eating fish and eggs, I think. And this is something that happens on the vegan journey a lot. Um, people realize that they, they, you know, the vegan diet is making them sick. It's messing up their gut health and some other things. I think they might have thyroid issues. I could be totally wrong here. I th- I'm just talking on the top of my head. Um, 
but people tend to have issues with the vegan diet. They feel great in the first few years. And then as like year five or six comes along, they notice like gut issues or some other shit coming up. And I hear, you know, I've heard this from friends as well that, you know, they were raw vegan for a while or vegan, raw, vegan, vegan, whatever. I mean, if you're, if you're going to go vegan, you might as well go raw, right? <laughs> like ODB, ODB vegan style. Where, what the fuck am I saying? So anyway, um, this woman, basically some traitor, I guess, <laughs> some fucking traitor videotaped her and showed her plate of having fish and she covered it up real quick and then blasted it out to her audience. Um, I guess that's what happened. I might have got the story a little bit wrong. And then her audience was trashing her. And on some level, I do get it. She was positioned as a vegan. They might have felt betrayed. When another thing is, it's like, hey, if, if you, like for instance, I make fun of the V a lot. <laughs> Just I make fun of the Fauci juice every day. But if I honestly had a come to Jesus moment or what I get, it doesn't even sound right. But if I had a moment where I'm like, you know what, this is the best for me. You know, I would hope that I have some level of support of like, that's your personal choice. Because at the end of the day, it's about personal choice. So anyway, she decided to eat eggs and fish. I don't know if she was going to announce it to her audience eventually and i get it like you know at some point you gotta announce it because if you're a fucking if you're telling people to be vegan and you're eating fucking eggs it's out of integrity for sure but just the way that people were so horrible to that woman and i guess being on the other side of this cancel culture bullshit you know i i you know i relate to people now like i'm like damn that's like so fucked up that people are going at her for that you know, like, and there's different levels to this. Like, I see this one influencer that is, like, going off on this um, cosmetic surgery, I think. You know, plastic surgery person. I don't know what they're fucking called. A doctor that, and basically, he's been harassing the patients and violating women and things of that nature. And I'm like, yeah, that, that makes total sense to raise hell. And bring visibility to that issue. That makes sense. But that, but like there's a fucking difference between that and somebody who, you know, like decide to eat fucking eggs. There's a difference between that and somebody who said spirit animal in their fucking post. There's a difference between that and somebody who actually took the effort to help kids in Africa. And you can look at, you know, you can look at it and be like, that's a white savior your ism or whatever and you know what if you have a point to make cool but you don't have to tear somebody down that's actually trying to help and that's my biggest issue with cancel culture is it it's a people that are trying to lend a helping fucking hand and trying to be a decent human being and having a level of decency more than most of the fucking humans around that get the 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 fucking um sharp end of the stick <laughs> i think that's the wrong saying that they just like you know, they're the one who's, um, gets, you know, gets it the most. It's like, what the fuck? It's, it's so much more dangerous to be friends of the cancel culture vultures than it is to be like unapologetically unbothered by them, by the way. Um, so that's, there's that. But anyway, that kind of goes into my vegan stuff. 
I made some jokes and it wasn't nothing. And I, you know, I just had the feeling that this person that I admired unfollowed me, right? Okay, cool. And I guess where I'm coming here is, and then, I, you know, I eventually, you know, I got the sign to like really cut cords with that person and just like, you know, step away. And it was almost like divine, like you need to stay away, you know, stay far away from this person. Um, and the, the thing about that is, I guess, one more incident through this whole saga of voting and elections or, you know, we get into 2020 and then there's uh, the mask bullshit and really people being extremely nasty to others. The whole thing that's pretty common now where it's like, you're, you don't care about the virus, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, you know, you say a point that they disagree with and then they're like, well, I hope you die. Like, I just heard the, seen the most ugliness come out of people. Um, and I guess it's just fucking shocking that there's people that, you know, I used to have as acquaintances or in my circle or whatever. And to see the most careless, heartless type of behavior through that like that's what really kind of you know gets at me about the whole thing and you know I think of it and it's like you know I'm fortunate with how I served this country because I ended up being quite safe being on safe deployments and um you know I was at in Baltimore when the riots were going down there and things were I didn't have to get into any conflict during my time. But to think that I rose my hand and swore to protect the Constitution, that I was willing to put my life on the line, and the fact that I care that much about people's individual liberties and then to see people shit on them and, and be hypocritical. So then I go into like the kind of the last portion of this whole, um, you know, this whole thing. And I remember my fiance, Rebecca, making a post around election time because people were pressuring hard. Like, you better fucking vote for Sleepy Joe. <laughs> like, you better vote for him. And then if you said no, like someone, you know, someone that I considered a brother, um, you know, that I met at a retreat and like, you know, I thought we had like a connection that was, you know, it's like beyond, like when you go to these retreats and you meet somebody and you realize you have a bond outside of the world of outside of the conditioning and you share something that is special. And it just was like, so like to have him who's never met my fiance come on her post and really kind of like make that push of like it's nice must be nice to have that privilege it's just like it's disgusting and this isn't the only person someone else i met at another retreat that i considered a brother and someone who we had deep conversations and he you know like he was helpful for me when i was going through it through a breakup 
um, back in 2017. And, you know, and I was there for him as well. And it's just like to let this incident happen. And, and he did the same fucking thing. Like he's on my fiance's posts, laugh reacting at the opposing viewpoints. That That's the thing that gets me. It's like, like how, how are you that morally bankrupt that you can't respect somebody's life partner? Especially if you, you only know her through me. So have some fucking integrity and take it up with me. And have some fucking integrity and take it up with me privately, if if necessary. Um, but he, you know, he's another one where that friendship went by the wayside because when this whole vaccine stuff went by, he was joking about unvaccinated people dying. Um, and, you know, I just got into a heated discussion with him and all his friends or whatever, and that ended. Um, so what I'm saying here, we're like the point that I'm bringing to this whole election thing though, is that people push so fucking hard for this, this old guy in office that can't finish a fucking sentence. They push so hard for this. They were in the streets in Asheville when I was there, uh, because that's when it was, you know, they announced that he was elected and people are cheering. Love is back. Unity is back. There's just tears in my eyes. Oh, we're so it's oh my God. It's like we toppled a dictator. It's like, okay, you got your guy. But why don't you keep that same energy as you did the last four years? I'm not so shocked. I'm not so fucking shocked. But when the state is crunching down on the people. When we're, when we're having mandates in D.C., New York City, etc., when all this is happening, where the fuck are you? When human rights are being violated, where the fuck are you? Because you were screaming kids in cages, you were screaming all this other stuff, you were screaming about stuff that didn't even fucking happen, you just saw a clip of a fucking video, and you just found another reason to be mad at Trump when he was president. My question is, is like, why don't you keep that same energy? If you're a revolutionary and you're sticking up for what's right, why don't I hear a peep from anybody who voted for Joe? Why don't I hear nothing? Like, it, and, and even, even if you're quiet and you're kind of disappointed in what he does or whatever, it's like, where's that energy where you stand up for people? And I guess it's like it's like a slap in the face because it's like, wait, you try you try to coerce and manipulate people and you push hard and you bullied people and you were, you know, God awful to people to vote your guy in. Because it was a moral thing. But right now we have more government control than we've had, at least in my lifetime, more government control more overreach than I've seen in my lifetime. And no one saying, there's no fucking outrage mobs. There's no one raising hell. It just, it drives me nuts. The people who claim that I wasn't a good ally or I wasn't an accomplice are the same people who 
literally support centralized power and people losing individual rights, even echoing the things like celebrities like Arnold Schwarzenegger said, like, um, screw your freedoms. I'm not going to try to do his accent. It's not going to be good. He's like, screw your freedoms. And people saying that individual free, like all of a sudden people are saying that individual freedom is selfish. Like what fucking world am I living in? So with all that said, you know, that's where the passion and the anger comes from for me because it's like, you know, people that I had high regard for, or I, I just, you know, it's surprising. It's like, you see what people really are made of when there's pressure or when it comes to pledging an allegiance to a political party. And then I guess one more thing about this is people tend to throw around the word grifter a lot. Like, oh, you're a grifter because, you know, you're more conservative or whatever. Um, the thing is, is a lot of people have made that shift. A lot of people have made the shift to lean more conservative. And it makes fucking sense. Because everything the left stands for right now is not aligned with liberalism as a definition. Liberalism is actually support, like, in the definition, it's in support of individual liberty and freedom. So it's the opposite. Like, leftism in this country today is not, is the opposite of what a liberal is. The exact opposite. It actually bothers me when people call them liberals. Because it's like, that's not what a liberal is. And, like, it's a smack in the face when you're a loyal human being. And you're willing to stand up for what's right, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's unpopular. And then people basically call you or claim that you're the opposite of what you truly are. Or they surprise you in ways where it's like, wow, a little bit of pressure and you're willing to throw out people's individual liberties out the window. Um, and you're willing to allow people to be trampled on. It, that's all it took. All it took was something with a point, what is it, 0.2% or maybe, I don't, it's a small percent. I don't even know what the survival rate at this point is, but it's like 0.1% um, depending on what your age is, obviously, if you're older. And then this new fucking uh, Decepticon variant. It's like a cold. It's like a glorified cold with a fancy name and a rebrand. And this is what it takes. This is what it takes to justify um, being shitty to other people, to wanting more authoritarian control over people, to wanting to eliminate people's individual rights. And then the ignorance of like seeing people like me spell it out of what exactly is going to fucking happen in the next year. You know, we're, you know, we're winding back to the beginning of 2020 or mid 2020. And I'm saying, Hey, this is how it's going to be rolled out. You know, they're doing this to sell the fucking vaccine. Um, and then they're going to introduce, you know, then you go into like the camps they have in Australia. Um, then you go to 
the mandates and you know the possible chips that they're developing was it sweden i'd have to get the link but everything that was said unless you take like the wild over the top conspiracies but everything that was said on the truth or aspect of the pandemic is coming to fruition everything they criticized the pandemic for that documentary you know it happened it's happening and going back to the main question here that's why i'm open about my status am i in a privileged position absolutely um i don't have to go to the you know i don't have to go to a job I don't have kids to send to school and I have enough time to plan um, to do homeschooling or micro schooling if that if it comes to that. We also live in the suburbs. So there's not, you know, I can still go to a restaurant around here. In fact, many times around here it doesn't feel like anything is going on. I can go to the gym without a mask on um, and it's perfectly fine. I'm living a life, I'm living a Florida life in Maryland. <laughs> So, you know, it's not, I, you know, I'm good. I'm good thus far with freedom and money. And, you know, things are great for me. But I know that people who are anywhere close to the system, which is most people with a job, um, they're brought with a choice. They're coerced into a medical decision that they might not want to make. Kids, the most disturbing thing around my area, since things are quite normal for me, is seeing kids wait at the bus stop wearing masks on their face. Even if they're not around people, they're like just conditioned to keep their mask on. You know, maybe their parent says, nope, you got to keep the mask on. Maybe the school is like, hey, when the bus rolls up, you better have your mask on. I don't know. I'm just, I don't know what the process is with that. I had to take a sip of my LaCroix. Um, but it's, it's just sad to see. And to know that they had to sit through class with that thing on. And they, they don't have the childhood that I had public school was always shitty to some degree, but at least I could be, have a naked face. At least I could see my friend's face in school. At least I wasn't programmed with fear of this virus. At least, you know, and then you got like all these other, you know, you got these stories where, um, a kid is bribed by a fucking burger to get the shot and they're told like not to tell their parents or they don't need their parents' consent. Like there's really some morally corrupt shit going on. And I just like, you know, beyond this shit, beyond selling programs or making money online, it's like, I feel like, Depending on who you are, you have a duty to speak up. And you know if you have a duty to speak up. And I have that. So I can't play that fucking game. I can't play that fucking game where it's like, I'll just keep my medical information private. Because I can. I could lie. You know, I, I don't have to 
really show my papers unless I go to DC in January. <laughs> I won't have any papers to show. But it's just like, I don't have to. I don't have to talk about this. But it's always been in my blood to speak out when something's wrong, especially for the underdog. And right now, I think that a lot of people feel the way that I feel and the way that you feel. If you're agreeing with me and if you disagree with me, why are you here at like the 40-minute mark? Um, I feel like a lot of people do agree and a lot of people are silent about it. Um, And I don't think it's a lost battle. But we're against some machine, the corporate media, media machine. There's people drunk on power and there's people complying and getting on their knees and just, you know, just bending the knee and saying, please uh, just don't take my fucking cheeseburger away or whatever. So I just think it's important to say um, it's important to be open about it. It's important to inspire others to speak up. It's important to help people laugh through the fucking bullshit. Um, And it's important to let people know they're not alone. That they don't have to be backed into the corner and let people violate their boundaries. It's important for people to know that they do have power. It's important for people to know to stand their fucking ground. And that's why my medical information is your business. That's why. Because if it, if I'm just quiet, you know, it's kind of like, <laughs> I don't know why I use this example, but it's kind of like at a job where no one knows each other's salary and, you know, some people are getting fucked and then other people are getting paid double. And it's like, there's this culture at corporate, you know, in corporations, like just, you're not, don't talk about your salary. That's so the employer can fuck you. <laughs> like, the, you know, that's, that's so that if you're getting screwed over, There's no transparency. And this is an issue. This is a psychological war. This is a mental health crisis. This is a freedom crisis. Whatever fucking crisis you want to put on it. Where there needs to be truth and transparency. And anybody who has the power to speak the truth need to do it. And even people who may feel like their back is against the wall. It's like, sometimes you got to say, what the fuck do I have to lose? Or what am I losing if I don't fucking speak up? And I don't say that into pushing everyone to speak up, like the social justice way, because that's a, that's the thing that I really am irritated about in those circles, where it's like, you better speak up. And then you got a bunch of idiots <laughs> speaking up. That's why you have so many clueless people Um backing these issues and then throwing their rage everywhere. But, um, you know, cause I think people are designed for different things. Like people are contributing in different ways, but if you know in your body and your soul that you're called to speak up, I highly suggest doing it. Now it's late enough. Um, you know, be unapologetic about who you are. Cause what's the fucking cost? You know, we always look at what we could lose if we didn't obey the fear, right? Oh, I could lose um, my job or my ability to go to restaurants 
or I could lose acceptance from others. But what do you lose if you don't speak up or if we don't do something about this? Because it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop at a, you know, just one shot, one passport. It didn't stop at two weeks of flattening the curve. It, you know, it just didn't stop. And people laughed at people who spoke up about that. It was like this copy and paste, like first is flattened the curve and I said nothing or something along the lines of that. And then this and then that. And now we're here. We're on the 700th day. I don't think it's 700. I think it's like, I'll just say angel numbers. It's like the 555th day um, of flattened the curve. Curves ain't flat. I mean, the curve, I don't know. I don't know where the curve is. Where the fuck is the curve? I don't know. I'm just taking my vitamin C and minding my own business. I didn't even get tested. Um, but, you know, and one word of encouragement here is this has been something, Big Pharma has been a problem. The way that we relate to medicine has already been a problem. And when things get louder, there's desperation behind it. And I think these plans against humanity are rushed. And I think we do have more power than most of us give ourselves credit for. The fight isn't over. Sometimes things get discouraging. Sometimes things stir up anger. But you know how people say, like, I wish people would just wake up. It takes turbulence and chaos to wake people up. Because if you're just chilling and you're not connected to the problem and it's not affecting you and you're just watching, binging on Netflix and you're comfortable in your life and it's just enough to keep you kind of, uh, what's it called, pacified, then evil can run wild. But if you're woken up, if you've been pushed around a bit, if your back's up against a wall, if you see the whole picture and you realize you need to be a warrior, then you're woken up and you can fucking do something about it. So it is worth talking about. It's worth being open about. Totally. It's the biggest thing that's going on right now. And to pretend it's as simple as, hey, it's a personal choice and we should all just shut up about it. That would be nice. I'd love that. I'd love it if we could do that. I'd love it. If you could just shut the fuck up, leave me alone, stop closing my favorite fucking restaurant, let me let me go to the Italian pizza kitchen um, <laughs> in D.C. and just eat my fucking pizza without checking my papers, I would love that. But that's not reality right now. So I'm going to be open about it. I'm going to be offensive about it. I'm going to piss people off who are still programmed. I'm going to disrupt patterns. And, um, you know, sometimes I judge myself. Do I sound like a broken record? But hey, <laughs> the world is a broken record right now. So I'm going to keep fucking being a broken record with it. And I'm going to keep challenging the narrative and inspiring other people to challenge the narrative and inspire other people to speak up for themselves and stand up for themselves. So thank you for listening today. It's a special episode. Um, I hope this was helpful for you. 
throughout all the shenanigans. And I hope this really helps bring a light to your day, despite the heaviness of the content. Because we're going to be all right. Our ancestors have been through a lot worse. Even, you know, our grandparents. A lot of our grandparents, maybe all of our grandparents, I don't know, have been through like Great Depression, World War One, World War Two. Something to remember. We had some easy coasting <laughs> in this lifetime. And there's also some easy stuff in this lifetime now. I I can't say personally my life has been horrible in 2020 and 2021. The world was crazy, but my personal life was actually very comfy. It's it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. It's like, wait, so my individual problems are pretty much solved, but now I got to like tune into this collective mess of bullshit. And then before this, it seemed like whatever, I guess the collective wasn't perfect, but it wasn't as alarming for me to be upset like i knew about the conspiracies but it still could have been a conspiracy back then um but i had individual shit going on so it's like i guess god always loves um giving us a little bit of a challenge and something to you know work through on this earth plane right but we're gonna be all right i had a mushroom journey and it told the mushrooms told me we're gonna be all right seriously though we we are like you don't realize we don't we forget how much power we have we forget you know the higher power that's supporting us through this process and how humanity is evolving through the spiral that we're going to through a lot of times whether it becomes personal development or the collective going on right now if we look at it in a, in a linear way sometimes it can feel like digressing but when you realize it's a spiral and you realize it's just like, fuck, I don't know why I'm going Bitcoin right now. It's just like Bitcoin, right? You invest in Bitcoin and the, what was it at? Like 30,000 earlier in the year? Let's just check this real quick. I'm going to do a Bitcoin episode too. And trust me, this analogy is perfect. So trust me on this analogy. Um, so let's look at Bitcoin right now. Bitcoin is the highest Bitcoin has been at 69,000. And if you had your Bitcoins at 69,000 this year, right now, currently, a Bitcoin is 51,366 and 82 cents. So you would be at a loss right now if you compare that 69,000 to, you know, that 51,000. But year to date, the lowest it's been in the beginning, I guess in the beginning of 2021, according to this app that I have, Bitcoin was $23,416. And it went up. And on January 8th, it went up to 40000 So it nearly doubled. And then on Thursday, January 28th, it went back down to 33000 So you're like, fuck, I'm in a loss. And then, boom, <laughs> on Tuesday, February 23rd, that shit went up to $48,899.99. But all of a sudden, in July 15th, that shit fell to 31000 What the fuck? I'm at a loss. We're digressing. And then, uh, 
you know, you had you had to go up to 69,000, the highest it's ever been in this year. And then you get to the end of this year and you're like, fuck, it's 50,000. Well, of course, if you compare Bitcoin to the highest it's been this year, you might be like, damn, is the market bad? Did it, are we losing money? Blah, blah, blah. But if you're somebody who invested in the beginning of the year at 23,000 and you're at, and, and now, supposedly, let's say the new bottom is at like 50,000, 45,000. I'm sorry if I'm losing you with all this crypto um, lingo, but I have a point here. When you look at the yearly rate, you've made a huge fucking profit. And then if you even look like, you know, from even 2020, July 2020, it was 9,000. So if you go from 2020 to now, just like, you know, 14 weeks later to flatten the curve, <laughs> the Bitcoin curve didn't get flattened, you're up 50,000. And my point is, is there's progression. But if you only look at a little part of the story of the growth of Bitcoin, you can claim it as digressing. And that's the same thing with life. It's the same thing with the collective. It's the same thing with anything personal. Um, anything personal you do, you go into a spiral. You have ups and downs to the journey to create a higher set point in your life. And we do that in the same in the higher set point in our collective. We were super fucking primitive as human beings 200 years ago. Or 400, you know, many centuries ago, like, we were primitive as fuck. We are advanced human beings right now. And we are evolving. And consciousness is elevating. And it is a rocky road. And sometimes there's setbacks. And sometimes it feels um, disappointing. And then when things come up, like the city mandates and things like that, you, you might get down on yourself. And you're like, are we losing this fucking battle? What the fuck? But strength... Iron sharpens iron, and you gain strength with adversity, with challenges, with setbacks, and that makes you stronger. It's like the whole analogy of when you pull the bow and arrow back, it pulls back for a while, but then it launches forward. So I just want you to remember that. Keep your head up high. There's so many people like us. There's so many pe more people waking up. There's so many ways that this can elevate consciousness. Remember that. Don't get so caught up in the doom and gloom. Even this podcast, it went on some heavy subjects. Don't get caught up in it. Because at the end of the day, we have the power to overcome this. And at the end of the day, you get to be a part of that. You get to be a part of something special, a part of history. <laughs> so I guess as I end this podcast, wrapping it all the way to the beginning, that's why, that's why I am open about my status. Because I couldn't live with myself if I wasn't. Peace out, everybody. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't yet, leave me a review on iTunes, share this podcast to your friends. That's how I get the word out here. I don't got any ads right now. <laughs> I'm not making a promise I'm never doing ads, but right now I'm not doing ads. And, you know, I make my money through my programs. 
and sharing, word of mouth, things of that nature. And um, it would be much appreciated if you, you know, just share the word um, and just follow me on my social medias. You can follow me at BrandonMarshallHavener.com. You can find that in the show notes. And until next time, friends, peace.